listening to Colin Bradley Artcast with Colin Bradley and Stephen Bradley. Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. How's it going, Dad? Oh, it's okay here, Steve. I've, I've had a good week, uh, one way or another. I finished another picture off, which I was quite challenging, and I was delighted with it. So I've still got it, mate. You've still got, you haven't lost yeah. it? Not, no, every time I finish a picture, I think, well, you've still got it. <laughs> Mind <laughs> you, that's, that's only my opinion. Well, that's all that matters. <laughs> the proof of the pudding will come out when they all come out. But uh, it was a good weekend from last weekend for putting those two great pictures up. I'm sure yeah. people were thrilled at those. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was really chuffed with the response. Everyone's really loved them and started enrolling and taking the class. And good. It's um, yeah. They were, they were two stunners, really, weren't they? They were really, really stunning pictures. They were two of my favourites. Those are. Mm. Uh, I, I've got a few favourites, and those two were. Um, they, I, I love doing that, and I could do that all day. You know, the Renoir uh, pictures, I could do them. You know, that kind of picture. It's difficult nowadays to get the content. You know, it would be nice to do something that wasn't a painting that I could adapt, and I may well do that one day. But it's very hard because you've got to. The only way I suppose you would do it is to try to take snapshots of. Um, of uh, films or programs because where are you going to find that kind of dress i mean we have a dickens week down in broadstairs and a couple of times i've taken uh pictures of the dickens characters hmm. but they're, they're not they're not authentic steve you yeah know what i mean it's, it doesn't it's not working the same way yeah so, especially um, that that period you got to tough it, to find it that, yeah it is that that kind of period where you want that atmosphere and uh, and so on so at the moment um i'm stuck with um producing old masters which i don't mind doing but i really do and i will eventually i'll find a picture that gosh you know this is um something that i can uh, you know do on the similar basis you know with the impressionistic style i know some of my pictures are now getting that way i, I appreciate that uh, which is good mm. uh, and uh i i will be doing more mm. i mean even even the last one steve it, it's got a lot of impressionism in it the one that i've just done and that was like made up from six different pictures wow as it happened you know six different uh, lots of characters and uh you know I won't. I won't give it away. I mustn't uh, say well, please, too much now. Please don't, important. because no, I won't. Because I, <laughs> we've got such a backlog of projects that are due to go up that that even the ones that we showed on the Facebook Live, people still get in touch with me and say, "I know that picture we saw on Facebook Live four months ago. <laughs> when is that coming up?" <laughs> and it is coming soon. We are. I'm trying to play catch up with those projects because. Um, mm. You've got yeah. to spread them out. Got to spread them out. I, I put. Four, I think I put four up, four yeah. up last month and, and and whatnot. But we don't want to. If we get if we catch up too quick, then you might be waiting a couple of months or something for a project, and we wouldn't want people wouldn't want that. No, 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 no. It's it's. But it's nice. It's nice that they. Uh, I, I keep them abreast of the times and saying, you know, you, for for the next year, folks, you've got something. You know, every month you're going to get something really good. Mm. There's some cracking stuff coming out. Ah, oh, brilliant! Really good. Really, really good pictures. Right, we've got quite a lot to go through today. 
Uh-huh. Lots and lots of really good questions. So um, buckle your seatbelts, everyone, because this is going to be a lot of knowledge, I'm sure, coming your way. Um, the first one comes back from, uh, comes from Wendy, and she says, Hi, Stephen Colin. I've just come back from holding a stall of my artwork at our village church hall and thought I'd let you know how I got on. I sold one painting of a hare and had quite a lot of interest in people wanting to do a wanting a commission doing for Christmas as a gift. I had a better idea of the subjects that people wanted to paint, wanted me to paint as well, such as cocker spaniels, hares and pugs. Again, it's pugs, isn't that funny? Pugs. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there's a coincidence here, but I mustn't say anything <laughs> because you won't let me. No. <laughs> but re- remember this conversation in a year's time, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Go on, Steve, carry on. Fingers crossed, it looks as though I may be busy in the run-up to Christmas. I also wanted to tell you how intrigued people were with the pastel pencils, and I told them all about you and your wonderful teaching methods and artwork. One of the people I spoke to was 96 years of age and is keen to get on Google, uh, on the internet, to find out more. It just goes to show you are never too old to learn a new skill. Gosh, no. Well, I endorse that completely. Absolutely, completely. In fact, I think it, it seems to be the older you get, you know, the more time you've got for one thing. Uh, and, you know, you, 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 you're more relaxed. I know that. As, you know, as I've got older, I've, I've become far more relaxed. So you're in a better frame of mind. So, mm. you know, the older you get, folks, the, the better you, you'll be at it. As long as everything keeps working. That's the important thing. I, mm. I usually tell people that I can go on as long, long as I'd like, as long as my my hands and my brain uh, work yeah well they stop working and i'm in trouble well thanks wendy for sending that in it's really good to hear how everyone's getting on and and i know wendy's been pursuing this more and more the commissions and it sounds like that was a really successful trip that you did there stall Um, and also steve um, another thing that people do have a problem as to what do they do with their pictures do they take them to a gallery how are they going to sell them the very best way really is to join an art club or an art group because they invariably have uh, stalls and the kind of work that they are producing is our kind of work you know things mm. you know, animals and landscapes that mean something not way out stuff uh, and people go there and they do so. We know that because when we used to have uh, the gallery here, we had and the teaching, I was teaching, we had several exhibitions of students' work and they always sold really well. Mm. Uh, and and these, these were to members of the public, you know, in our local library. So I think if you have an art group and belong to an art group, uh, then there, you've definitely got an advantage in sales side. And also interesting to see what subjects were popular for mm. for Christmas and things like Christmas gifts, yeah, um, commissions. I mean, animals. I think you said this yeah, many animals times. Animals is probably number one, Steve, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Great. Thanks, Wendy. Um, wish you all the best for for Christmas and run up to Christmas. Hope it's very successful for you. Um, the next one comes from Jonathan. Hi, Steve. Hope all is well with you. I was interesting, interested to see Colin's latest members video lesson on the lovely drill monkey using the Faber-Castell Aquarelle graphite pencils. I would like to ask why Colin use, uses the Aquarelle graphite on the smooth watercolour paper, but not using any water and a brush. 
I thought that this is what the pencils are designed for. So I'm a little puzzled why he chose to use the why he used the pencils on the watercolor paper without any water. Is it simply to create the softer effect that the pencils can create when used dry? Many thanks, Steve. Kind regards, Jonathan. That's a good question, that. Um, and really, the answer probably it will surprise people. I, the paper that we're using is our paper, the, the watercolor paper that we produce. And it's a smooth one. Now, you remember, we spent a long time deciding on this. And I said, well, we, a smooth one would be better because if we use any uh, graphite pencils, it would work really well on them. Hmm. But what I didn't realize when I was practicing how well they did work on it far superior to the stitching paper which i've used before yeah because it's a bit thicker for one thing and and more receptive so i thought okay well in that case when i first started the drill monkey i did think that i was going to use water that was the first thought i had but as i started using them i thought no no now, this, this is going to work really well. Why do I want to put water on it? I'd, I'd, it wouldn't have looked any better. Do you see what mm, I mean? Yeah. So, so I didn't. And I didn't even for the little bit of color that I put in it, I didn't do, use it there either. So when, you, when you're looking at uh, instruments like that, after all, it was a graphic. I know it's aquarel graphic, but it's still a graphic pencil, graphite, graphite pencil. And uh, the graphite on it, was very is is very very responsive mm. so i thought it would be a really good project to do to use with the um you know just them on their own that was mm. the reason why can't you do anything with anything well it I, it's interesting just mentioning on this subject my girlfriend lauren is a is an artist as well and she loves that paper for for sketching on there you go um, and for water colour, but yeah. she loves it for sketching too. That's right. I think perhaps we should rename that, you know, um, although it's a bit much now, I suppose. We'll tell everybody it's good for it. It's, you know, watercolour sketching paper. Yeah. Because it, but it is really good. I haven't tried, I'm going to try it on some other projects. I haven't done anything since then, but I will do because I know people like the, I like using the um, graphite too. Mm. Mm. yeah it's a good good question jonathan well well pointed out um yeah so the next one comes from janine i'm enjoying the uh, this is aquarelle again i'm enjoying the aquarelle pencils and i've done all of them colin has online several times the pictures come out really good until i put the water on and then they're not as good so i was hoping that colin would do some more aquarelle pictures uh, well, there you go. <laughs> that follows me. Just answered that. One, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I'm I'm hoping to. Um, I stretch myself too far uh, with all of the different subjects I do in pastel pencil. Um, it, it's really uh, difficult to find time to do other things. But as I've just said, I do like the graphite pencil and the aquarelle. So there w- I will do more. Um, as far as the uh, spoiling it when you put water on, that's more or less what I was going to say about the drill monkey. If you if you go back a little bit, bit of rewind there, I said that I thought I would spoil it, and I think I would have done. So, the, the, sometimes when you've got watercolor pencils, particularly, you have to be just mindful that you can't put much on. You shouldn't flood the paper. 
I know mm. you, you do get artists that do that, but I wouldn't flood the paper. And whenever you, you saw what I did, I didn't use much water. And, you know, just do a little bit at a time. I yeah. think that's the answer to this. Otherwise, it will spread. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not that keen on watercolour pencils, really, uh, if the truth were known. I, I prefer to use a watercolour medium. But then I, I was a watercolour artist, so it kind of works for me. Mm. But if... I like the pastel pencils far better than mm. any other medium. And what we're doing at the moment, Steve, and you've seen the, the latest pictures that I've been doing, I'm using the color shapers more. So what I'm, what I'm finding now is that the pictures are becoming more like paintings than they are drawings. Mm. So we're moving the pastel pencils sideways. That they shouldn't look like that, really, if you think about it, the pencil. And when I first started out, they did look like a pencil draw, a pencil uh, painting, if you like. Mm. But now they're looking like paintings mm. because I'm introducing the colour shaper into and it. And they're like a brush, aren't they? Yes, that's right. So you're kind of getting a, a slightly different... Uh, People will see that. It'll be interesting over the coming months when people see the landscapes particularly and and the animals too. Um, I'm using the colour shaper more as a tool to blend and and combine colours together. Mm. And it's, it's uh, wonderful. What I did the other day, just sidetracking a moment, I was watching my latest picture, which I've just done back on my television. Now, I like to see it on the big, my big screen. I, I plug the camera in and use it on the big screen. And I was fairly close to it. And do you know what? For the moment, there was parts of that picture I thought it was oil. It just looked like an oil painting. Really? Now, this, this is remarkable because these, you know, this is a pastel pencil, but it did look like, an, and it was representative of oil, which really excited me because I thought, gosh, and this is why the Renoir came out so well. Because if you look at that, that, that was kind of, you know, that was originally an oil painting, yet mm. I've done it in pastel pencil. Mm. So it bears my, you know, my thoughts out on this, that there are going to be uh another area for the pastel pencils to slot into mm. brilliant brilliant i lo love that that progression it's great mm. really good yeah brilliant okay thanks janine um next one is from susan um susan commented on our uh impressionism realism to impressionism article that we published on the blog um, and it, it ties very well into what you're talking about, actually, yeah, the move yeah. from Amazing. one to the other. I know, so in, uh, in sync. Um, so Susan says, what I find difficult is that the impressionism requires more thought and creativity, while realism is simply drawing what you see. I'm still working on it, as the perfectionist in me is having difficulty with impressionism, but I love the look of it. For animals, absolutely. Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, it's still more. Finished, still more. No, oh, no, no, no. still more. Go on in. For, for animals, <laughs> for animals, I'm still. I'm trying to still be detail orientated with the eyes and nose, and get looser with the fur. With the landscapes, I'm working on detail in the foreground and being looser in the background. I finished. I find the finished work is still too deep, too detailed. I keep trying, Susan. 
Right. Well, th- this is wonderful. This this actually leads really nicely into what I've been on about over the last few years. The, the most important uh, message you can get over from a painting is the essence of it, what it f- makes you feel like. Okay, so you're you're kind of looking at the emotion of a painting, if you like. Mm. Um, what happens when an artist puts it down? If he's copying, or she's copying, uh, everything that he they see, detail after detail after detail, it might as well be a photograph because you're just going to reproduce what you see. Now, the great thing about the pastel pencil is it won't allow you to do that exactly. You can get close to it as people, when they look at my work, cool, that's detail. But if they were to really look at that carefully, they see it's not that detailed. Even detail isn't detailed. You know what I mean? Mm. So what you're doing with a pastel pencil is you're not able to get the precision that you can with um, fine watercolor, fine acrylic, uh, or even um, graphite pencils. So you're forced into making a compromise. That's Mm. what you're doing. So automatically, as soon as you start using the pastel pencils, particularly in landscape work, you can't then produce the realism. You try, but you fail. So therefore, what you've got to try to think about is, like I said, you, what you're doing is trying to create the impression of something rather than the actual thing. So like a branch of a tree or, or a foliage on a tree, you just use the pencil, scumble it in, then put some more colour in it, and then leave it wanting. Because what people want to do, they want to put the leaves in. They want to put all the little branches and little twigs. Don't do that. Just get to a point in a picture where you've got the message across and then leave it. Move on to the next. Mm. Because over, It is. It, well, it, I've seen it happen, Steve. I've seen it because I've been te- I've taught it for years. So I know that people have this problem. They can't leave a picture alone. They've got to keep going at it. And I suggest this is what, um, sorry, who is it? Susan. Yeah. Susan uh, has, has uh, experience. You know, she, she's, I want to put this exactly right. I've seen a, a few really brilliantly executed eyes, uh, animal and human, on YouTube. They are brilliant. I've, you can't get away from it. They're master, uh, the, the people that have done it are geniuses. But I don't like any of them. Now, why don't I like them if they are that good? Because they don't have character. They don't have the emotion. They don't have anything behind them. The recent picture that I've I've just actually finished uh, watching it back, actually, the uh, fox's eye. Now, there's no detail in that fox's eye. If if the the one sitting down or laying down, if you look at that carefully and you look at the way I constructed that eye, there was no detail in it at all. There isn't any. But look at the feeling you get when you look at that animal. Mm. You see what I mean? This is what I'm trying to get across to people. And I do get across because you see me working painstakingly on a picture. But you'll always see, you won't see the actual strokes that create the reality. Yeah. Create the strokes that create the emotion, the feeling, the essence Sorry, I'm, it's a bit. That's a bit of, really I've good. A, I've got a bit of a high horse here, <laughs> but 
that's what I've been trying to get across to everybody. Yeah. And if you follow me, you will have to do it because I'm never going to do a realistic painting. Well, it kind of the medium teaches you really because, like you said, you you actually can't create that detail. It's not. It's pastel at the end of the day, so right. it's you can't you can't create a detail. So it's pastel pencils indirectly teach you impressionism. Absolutely. Well, I'll also tell you something that that your mum said to me a long time ago. When I was moving from watercolour to, to pastel pencil, I was playing with the pastel pencils right right at the beginning. And she, she said, what's wrong? She showed me being a little bit, you know, I just can't get the detail in here. She said, that's really good for you because you, you, you've always been, you've had the double O, treble O gaze brushes and tried to put all the little tiny details in. You're not going to be able to do it anymore. Mm. And it was the truest thing she ever said. And I've always remembered it. And it's something that I relay now because it, it's really apt. Mm. It's what a great lesson. Yeah. It, it, oh, it was. It was. And since then, I've moved away from uh, realism more and more and more. Mm. Fantastic. No, that's brilliant. Well, well put, I think. I think that's. And we've been on, on this, talking about this for a few weeks now. And uh, I think that's. I think we could. I think we could probably talk about it every week, but I think we've said it in our very early shows as well. We've said it. We've touched upon it, but I think that really, mm. I think that really covers it a, a little bit deeper. Mm. Lovely. Okay, thanks, Susan. The next one is from Greg. Um, hello, the Spitfire piece is awesome, and after a few practice attempts, I'm ready to take it on. I do have a question regarding the grass on the cliff. I thought the rule of thumb was to have the background lighter than the foreground, yet from the photo this seems to be reversed. I think it was done this way to provide a contrast between the Spitfire and the water, but that is just a guess. Thanks in advance, Greg. Good. Well, well, well spotted, though. It's wonderful to see this. But um, I can assure you that, that, was, that, that quite a lot of thought was put into that uh, picture. And um, what you see is why you say it was awesome because the whole thing created a feeling uh, uh, a lovely feeling and it's been a great picture and uh, it's uh, one that I was particularly proud of when you've got planes flying in the sky you have an awful job trying to make them look like they are actually in the sky mm. I've seen a lot of work um, where the the, the, the the landscape behind it or below it doesn't look real. And as soon as it doesn't look real, you can't then believe the, um, the, the Spitfire is actually flying. Mm. But that Spitfire there is actually flying. And I was helped enormously by the pastel pencils, which created the, again, the, the, the feel for it. But if you look at the grass and you look at all that cliff, that is impressionism. Because mm. although you think what you think I've done all the detail. You look closely at that. Blow it up. Uh, and you'll see that it's not. It's, it's all impressionism. And as far as the contrast is concerned, that was really necessary. Uh, quite right. The, the observation was correct there. Mm. And it must be really good because I just sold it, Steve. Have you? Yep. I didn't yep. know that. No, I didn't. Well, I haven't told you yet. <laughs> when I say I've sold it, it it's been put by for somebody who oh. I know is going to buy it Lovely. and they are they are absolutely thrilled 
that uh, I release it. I don't release many. I like to keep, hang on to them. But that one, uh, we've used it in publicity. We've used it in lots of ways. So uh, I agreed that that one should go. So that's going to grace somebody's wall. Oh, lovely. That's great. Oh, that's good to hear. And uh, thanks, Greg, um, for, for your email. Uh, the next one, getting through these, the next one is from Jill. Hi, Stephen. I wondered if you might be able to ask Colin a question for me. I would very much like to enter the competition slash exhibition below at the Mall Gallery. I might be a bit presumptuous as I'm new to pastel paintings and I might not be ready, but I thought there's no harm in having a go. My question is, would an animal portrait be okay for this or should I do a landscape or the seascape beach scene that I was querying? Or is it too soon to me, um, soon for me? She goes on to say, I would welcome any advice Colin can give on entering this type of exhibition and what they are looking for. Um, you have probably entered this kind of exhibition before. Sometimes it seems to me they are looking for something a little bit different as opposed to just a straightforward painting. Mm. What do you think? Uh, well, well, that is a, there's a lot there, Steve, to get through, really. First of all, sh- should she do it? Uh, only if you feel confident enough to do it. I I. I'm not so sure uh, I would do it this early on. I'd get a little bit of experience under my belt, especially somewhere like that. Uh, so that's the first thing I would say. Think about it a bit more before you go ahead with it. Um, and the other thing is, if you're painting to order, like you're you're thinking of doing, oh, well, I'm going to paint something to go in, that puts the pressure on you, quite a lot of pressure on you. It's far better to find something you've already got that you're really happy with that ah, you can put in. I see. You see what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it depends what you're doing it for. I do this for I do this as a living, uh, as a professional. But really, um, if I was in your shoes and all our members' shoes, I wouldn't do it like that. My goodness me, I'd do it for my pleasure. I'd do it, you know, relaxed and enjoying myself. But if you put yourself under that kind of pressure, whew, you're not going to sleep very well. Mm. you know it's that kind of thing it can get can get you because you've got that in your mind and then you submit it what would you submit do you going to if you're going to submit an animal to be honest you're going to have to submit an animal in a landscape somewhere like that you can't do you won't get a a portrait through Uh, okay they're looking for landscapes then mainly Uh, yep they're looking for well animals in a landscape Imagine the David Shepherds, all the David Shepherds you've see, ever seen. Yeah, that's the kind of thing they're looking for. If you just give them a picture of, um, you know, your pet poodle, uh, <laughs> just head and shoulders, it's not going to go anywhere at all. They won't even they won't even look at it. Gotcha. They will they will in the amateur art society. I mean, this is why I said earlier this is the place to go rather than somewhere big and posh. So. Now, have I answered all the questions? Oh, what subject? No, I did say what subject. I think that's what I would do. I think you. I wouldn't go to a landscape because you're going to have the competition there with all the oils, the acrylics and the watercolours. And pastel pencils won't stand a chance against them. Gotcha. Okay. I think that covers it. It's interesting. Did I cover it? Yeah, I think it is interesting. I mean, um, like you said, you've got these, these... mammoth mediums that you're up against and um and especially for landscape work i mean 
you know, uh, I, I did, she did uh, attach a link there, and and many of the previous ones I think were landscapes, the previous shortlists and things like that. So it's spot on with what you're kind of. Well, if you go for an animal in a landscape, um, we know that animals are the best in pastel pencil. So mm. you're doing you're doing yourself a service in terms of uh, the animals look good in pastel pencil. Yes. Yeah. Good. Good point. Okay. Thanks, Jill. And um, thanks for your email. The next one is uh, from Barbara on our craftsy class. So he's commented on our craftsy class. Barbara says, I notice you work on the flat. I have problems with my upper back. Could I work as easily on my board, which slants and comes over the edge of the desk? I also notice that sometimes you go over a colour, but don't blow away the dust from the previous colour. Is that deliberate or just a matter of preference? Um, Should we cover the first bit first? Yeah, do the first bit first, yeah. So the the board, do you work on the flat? You work uh, on the flat? I, I do, I do work on the flat, but I only work on the flat because I have to, not because I want to. Right. If I had a choice, I'd, I, years and years and years ago, I didn't work on the flat at all. I worked on a, 15 degrees is the is my, was my, was my optimum uh, level. So it's 15 degrees. You've got to work that out, folks. I knew what it was automatically, but you're going to have to work it out. Yeah. So that, I, the only the only um, uh, hiccup you're going to have there, if, if you've got a drawing board that's quite big, uh, and you put your pencil and it, they'll roll down and roll off, that's the only thing you've got with pencils. Uh, what I did, I had a uh, like a tray where I used to put the pencils in. Mm. Okay, got yeah. But that's the only thing. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't get that problem now because I always work on the flat. Craftsy insisted on it. Well, no, they would have They would have agreed if I'd wanted a board. I think it was easier, though, wasn't it? But, oh, much easier. A lot easier to work. All the pencils and the... You imagine, uh, you know, flicking around there. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd be losing my pencils, uh, dropping them all <laughs> on the floor. No, it wouldn't have worked. So working on the flat suited me, and it does suit me for filming. But, okay. But no, no, absolutely no okay the next part then about um you not always doesn't seem to be blowing you don't always seem to blow the dust away that's right the uh, the reason i do that is because i I use the dust if i've got another color which i'm using let's say for instance i've i've put some gray on light gray and i want to use um, some mid gray and i put the mid gray on without blowing the light dust off that means i can mix the light dust and the dust created by the medium tone together Hmm. to create a lovely tone so that's one reason i don't do it i don't do it uh, i don't blow the dust or forget to blow the dust off let's put it that way it's deliberate yeah it is if i leave it on there there's a reason for me leaving it on there Mm. yes that's interesting there's a reason why i blow it off yes because you need the pastel underneath or you need it not there well, uh, when I work, uh, I'm, I'm working on an instinct at an instinctive level. Now, I don't know whether people understand that, but, but I do. I don't work. It's, it's kind of you go into as like a mode when you're working and everything I do is spontaneous. It's as it is. I don't give it a great deal of thought. I just do it. Mm. And this is why I can produce what I do. So very often when someone says, you're not blowing that off, I would have to think, why am I not blowing that off? Or why are you leaving it on? Now, I know I've got enough confidence in myself to know that I wouldn't do that. 
but I'd, I wouldn't do it for a reason. Mm. So I wouldn't blow it away for a reason, or I would blow it away for a reason. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it depends on, on the results that you're going to get. And you've worked so long that you know the results you're going to get by leaving it or taking it off. Absolutely. And what people should do when they look at that, they should think the way I'm thinking. Mm. Why? Uh, why? Why? Was there a reason he did that? Mm. Uh, so I, I, I hope that helps. Yeah, I think that answers it. It's, uh, that makes sense to me, anyway. Good. Um, not that that matters, because I don't draw. Um, the the next one, this is our last one. This is from Darren. Uh, hi, Colin and Steve. To start with, I just wanted to say that I'm really pleased that you have both resumed your podcast. So informative, intuitive, and so relaxing. Well, that's lovely. Thanks, Darren. I um, mm. hope everyone's feeling nice and relaxed right now. Perhaps we'll go lower our voices and get... Oh. softer spook and, and uh, make them all fall asleep like we do. I, I can do that, Steve. <laughs> that just sounded scary. <laughs> um, it sounded like you should be in Panto this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, Darren, your email. I do have a couple of questions which I would be grateful if you could help me with. I've decided to paint a few of your watercolour pictures and I thought I would start with the church and thatch watercolour course to help me get back into watercolouring. It has been 20 years plus since I last painted in watercolour and you have inspired me to return to this medium. I have now thrown the gauntlet and recently bought a Winsor & Newton half pan studio set of 45 colours together with a set of new series, Seven Sable Brushes. Feeling a bit nervous. When beginning with the wash on the sky, do you wet the sky area beforehand with clear water or just brush the paint on the sky directly on dry paper? Let's start with that first. Uh, no, I don't. I, I work it completely dry. Uh, if, if you, if you, the, way we, the way I produce that sky uh, is quite unique, but it relies very much on a dry surface that you put it onto because you you'll notice that it worked very quickly yes if if you if you pre-wet it uh you have to pre-wet it and wait for it to dry uh you, you kind of break the surface tension of the water of the paper sorry you, you break the surface tension by okay. putting that layer on so when you consequently put the wash as i do it would soak in too quickly you wouldn't never be able to maneuver it Mm, mm. It's, I'm talking about the way I do it, okay? It doesn't mean to say other artists would do it that way. I know other artists don't. They they wet the paper beforehand, uh, but I don't do that. Okay, okay. For that Excellent. reason. Excellent. Darren goes on to say, I noticed at the beginning you used ultramarine in the sky wash with the church and thatch watercolour video, but then you mentioned using, I think you said, a flesh colour, or did you mean a yellow ochre? Does this no, colour... No. Does this colour go into the ultramarine wash in the palette or onto the paper? No, you don't. It's not certainly not an ochre. It was a flesh, yes. Uh, however, I don't think you're going to get flesh nowadays. Um, that was from an old an old palette that I had. It was before I was using the Winsor and Newton. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, I, I remember old, that. Yeah, and and you remember, and when I wanted to, when I decided to do more watercolour work I thought no I better use the proper thing so I went and got the Winsor & Newton set which is a good set really mm. good set so but does... it didn't have flesh in it oh. <laughs> so, but, and I couldn't use it because that would have meant cheating if I'd have used that so yeah. 
So it's consequently from then on was I didn't use it. But no, the reason I use the flesh in the uh, with the ultramarine, I mix them together. Mm. It, it weakened the ultramarine. In other words, it made it uh, less powerful, less strong, mm. weakened it, uh, which is what watercolor is all about. And, but you can't do that because the, unless you can find flesh. And I, the company that made the box of watercolors, original one, I, they're not around anymore. Ah. So you, you can't even buy them. Uh, so uh, don't worry about that. What I would probably do is put a little bit of white in. If you've got a tube of white, Chinese white, just put a little bit on, on, on a palette and mix your watercolor blue ultramarine with that. Okay. Uh, that's not the same, I'm afraid. Well you, well, you could be. I mean, it depends how adventurous you want to be. You could put a little bit of Elysian Crimson in as well, just a little touch. But bear in mind, these things spread like wildfire. So you could just play with that. Hmm. In other words, mix your white up. Get with a, a fleshy colour. Yeah. Yeah, yes, easy. you would get a, a very light pink, and then you could mix it with the ultramarine. That's a bit fussy, to be honest, but uh, you know, it, it worked. Now, why put the white or the flesh in with the ultramarine? I, I've told you that it weakens it, but it also helps it to travel. You know, when you've got um, a dark color like that, mm -hmm. uh, it, it needs to travel better across the paper ah. and that's what i found the flesh and would the white would do the same thing it would help it travel across the paper mm -hmm. so when you come to blot it out like i do with my tissue uh, it would come off better that's interesting that's mm. really interesting good tip it's a good well tip. it's worth trying what i would do though it, darren isn't it yep. what i would do darren is just do a few skies just skies just do a few skies before mm. you even begin to uh, to do a picture the good thing about the sky is uh it's the first thing you do the most difficult thing you do and if it doesn't work you just have to do it again but at least you haven't ruined a complete you know picture that you've done mm. so that's the only good thing about it good, i found good point good point well, darren says at the end uh, has a ps to that um have you any plans to paint a steam locomotive and I suggest a World War Two scene, World War Two war scene, with children evacuees getting on the train. So another steam locomotive. That is a that that is a really good suggestion, actually. Um, if I was ever going to do one at all, it would have to have a reason for it, and not just put a train, as I've said, chugging along across a landscape. Mm. That I can't I can't can't get my head around that. But yes, I mean a wartime scene of a train. You know, yes. I mean, I can, I can see that working. Something like that. Mm. I will get there one day. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've gone. I, I've gone all through the ideas, and I thought, no, I don't know. They don't interest me. Just the, the, people know that I love doing the old Quinton pictures and the old fashioned pictures. They're more. They've got more character in them. You know, mm. they're they're more. They inspire me more to mm. do them. Well, that that is a good suggestion, Darren. And it is. So, yeah, thanks um, for that. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll look around, see what I can find. Mm. Fantastic. Well, we've that's it. We've got through all of them. You've been well, it's, it's, you've been on it for forty minutes. <laughs> have we really? Goodness me! Yeah, you've got lots They've of got their money's worth. You'd have this should be a podcast special. Yeah, <laughs> got you say got their money's worth. It's free. <laughs> <laughs> But you have, yes, everyone, yes, you have. Um, 
Great. Okay. Excellent. Well, uh, our crafty class, if anyone's interested, is uh, is still going strong, and um, you can pick up the the link uh, from our website, from our blog, uh, if you want twenty five percent off that, and that code expires on the thirty first of October. So get in quick if you want to join that class and get twenty five percent off. Um, otherwise, we've got those two courses. Um, Dance at the Bougival and the Two Foxes that are up and we'll have another one coming very soon Um, don't know what one that is yet and um, that's it I think Uh, don't think anything else to add have we? No I think we've done very well there today Fantastic Excellent Okay well we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another podcast and we'll be back next week with a feedback show so already lots of submissions coming in for that so look out for that on YouTube And um, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy Enjoy your week. You've been listening to Colin Bradley Artcast. Learn to draw and paint online at your own pace in your own home. For free courses and more information, visit colinbradleyart.co.uk.